Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and my vision is to create a safe space where we can take off that Superman cape of having it all together and share our stories authentically and honestly. I really believe people are dying for the permission to be vulnerable, to just go there. But it takes someone being willing to go there first. It's my desire to do just that and invite you and others to do the same by removing that shiny mask of perfection and courageously sharing the imperfect journeys of life, spirituality, love, business, and everything in between. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris, and I cannot wait to have another conversation with you. I am coming to you once again from my amazing Brooklyn apartment, stuffed in my closet, surrounded by my clothes so that I can create some nice audio for you. Do you have like a good visual in your head now? Also, oh my gosh, my voice is cracky. Hold on. I need to get some water. Hold on. All right. Got some water. Um, So now I can talk. It's so weird because I will not think that I need water or have cotton mouth. And then I'll start recording and I'm like, it's the Sahara Desert. I can't breathe. I need water. So that is what I just did is got water. But the thing is, is since I'm in my closet and I'm balancing my microphone on my lap, my computer on my lap, and in between a bunch of clothes, it was like, navigating through a jungle to get to my water cup. So now that you know all of those things, before we get started on today's solo show, I want to read to you a review that we got on iTunes last week. It's by a girl named Brooke, and she gave us a five-star rating and said this, love this podcast and look forward to it every week. Kat is truly caring about her audience and is so relatable as she's walking through singleness as a 30-something Christian gal. Especially loved the most recent episode about dating tips from The Bachelor. Who knew you could glean such powerful insights from reality TV, right, Brooke? Kat is clearly trying to make a difference in the world and it shows. So Brooke, thank you so much for taking the time to go on iTunes or go on your podcast app on your iPhone and scroll down, leave a five-star rating and review. I share this with you not to just puff up my own ego or like hashtag humble brag or anything like that. But when you leave ratings and reviews, it supports our podcast in such a tangible way. It acts as this sort of SEO for podcasts and different episodes. So I would love to invite you to go to iTunes on your computer or your podcast app on your phone and leave us a five-star rating and review. It would just mean so much to myself and my team and the algorithm SEO gods of the iTunes podcast world. Now, on top of that, she talked about an episode that I did last week. And if you haven't listened to it first, listen to this one and then go back and listen to episode 42, my dating tips from this season of The Bachelor. You probably know that I love reality TV. I don't love all reality TV. I'll say that. 
Um, like I don't watch Real Housewives or anything like that. I just keep it really classy and watch Bachelor, Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. I'm like so committed. Do they have stock options for me? Because I should probably buy into it. All right. So listen to that episode. It's really great. Would love to know your thoughts. Join the conversation over at The Refined Woman on Instagram or our podcast Instagram at The Refined Collective. Okay, <laughs> let's get started in today's episode. I felt it on my heart to really talk with you about self-care. Now, I I know that self-care is this sort of buzzword. It's sexy right now. Everyone's talking about self-care this, self-care that. I'm doing my yoga class, my celery juice in the morning, meditation, massages, retreats, all the things. Like, And I don't know about you, but it can feel like sometimes if you are going to practice self-care, you got to be like a super rich girl, right? At least that is what it can feel like to me. And what a privilege to be able to spend a lot of money on investing into yourself. And I'm not afraid of money. I'm not afraid of abundance. I'm not afraid of encouraging you to invest financially into caring for yourself and loving for yourself well. However, I also want to offer you a different side of the conversation. Self-care does not mean that you have to spend a ton of of money on massages, weekend getaways, manis, petties. I want to share with you some of the most beneficial self-care rhythms I've implemented into my life over the last few years that have been completely free. Because I really do think that self-care is accessible to all humans at all times. We just get to make decisions and pause and think, what does loving myself well look like in this moment? And if I want to be healthy 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, how can I set myself up for success today, right now? Now, I'm a millennial chances are you might be a millennial. We are not the greatest at thinking long-term. We're all about that instant gratification. I want my Amazon order like yesterday. If I have to wait like 30 minutes to get my takeout food delivered to my front doorstep for more than 30 minutes, I am like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. Poor me. We live in this instant gratification culture and I think it would serve us really well if we paused And first of all, expressed gratitude for, wow, I mean, how incredible that we have access to things like the internet, clean water, Amazon Prime, coffee, like all these amazing things are gifts that a lot of people in the world don't get access to. So first expressing gratitude for the privilege that comes with that. But I want to share with you the time and space in my life where self-care became not only a priority, but a necessity to me. Most of my 20s, I ran around like crazy, willing to do anything and everything for my career. And I was traveling by coastal between LA and New York constantly. And I thought in order to be a successful career-minded woman, I had to, what my mom says, burn the candle at both ends. I was constantly running on fumes. I was overcommitting on every front. And, you know, you can run on that sort of jet fuel for a while, but burnout will 
ensue, friend. I mean, let my life be a living testimony to that. I began having these heart palpitations where I would wake up in the middle of the night gasping for air. And I was having these anxiety attacks that I didn't even know were anxiety attacks. I was just like, oh, maybe I was just sleeping on the wrong side. And because I sort of let this slow drip over time of anxiety pulse through my life and make tiny decisions on an everyday basis like, okay, I I need to stay up late to work. I need to get up early to go to that next project. On a regular basis, I was getting five hours of sleep, six hours of sleep. I was super quote unquote busy during my days. So I would blink and it would be dinner time and realize, oh, I haven't really eaten anything today. This weird part of me would feel this like sense of pride. Like I don't need food. I'm too busy for food. Like even as I say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was in a really dark place, but I was caught up in this culture of New York, this culture of hustle, this culture of speed, this culture of we will sleep when we are old and gray. We are young. Let's chase our dreams now. And chasing our dreams means like not sleeping and doing whatever it takes at all times, at all costs. Well, my body began to shut down. It was right around the time I was turning 30 and I started struggling with debilitating anxiety attacks. A lot of you know this part of my story. It's on the blog. I've shared it on Instagram. I've had podcast episodes about it. With the existence of these anxiety attacks, they were so intense that my life sort of came to a halt. And on top of these anxiety attacks, I began struggling with autoimmune disorders and adrenal fatigue. And I mean, I honestly felt like I was a toddler that needed 20 hours of sleep. And I kind of did because I hadn't been sleeping or eating well for a few years. And it finally caught up to me. And I realized, you know what? I have an opportunity right now. I have an opportunity in my life. And Thank God that when I was 29, God halted my life and I felt like I had this opportunity. I either shift, change the way I'm living my life. I slow the pace down. I work on self-care and creating space and margin in my life. Or I keep going at the pace I'm going. I keep ignoring the warning signs, ignoring that the smoke alarm in the house is going off and wait till my house is burning in flames. I was afraid that if I didn't slow down in five, 10 years, I would have a heart attack or something really, really bad with my health would happen. So I really use that opportunity as sort of like a bucket of cold water on my head from God saying like, okay, cat, like, this isn't working. Let's try something new. So I will tell you that there was no fix, no quick fix to moving into freedom in a more balanced way of living. It was a slow road with small intentional steps. So one of the first things I began to do was go back to the basics and create a more sustainable rhythm to my days. So like I said, I used to think spending a ton of money on massages and weekend getaways is what self-care meant. And as much as I love all those things, some of the most beneficial self-care rhythms I've implemented into my life over the last few years have been completely free and revolve around this idea of going back to the basics. So here are my top five things that I do on a regular basis to get back to the basics of self-care 
that cost you nothing. I think that may have sounded a little redundant, but you get the point. First things first, sleep. I mean, in college, I don't know about you. I pulled all-nighters. It was like a badge of honor if you went to algebra class in the morning and, oh, I didn't get any sleep last night. I pulled an all-nighter. I was at IHOP studying until 7 a.m. and came straight here. Or maybe that's just where we went in Texas. And then, as I said, in my 20s, I thought, sleep is for when you're old and gray. You don't need that. I learned the hard way that this is not an effective plan. And studies have shown that sleep deprivation can be linked to weight gain, high blood pressure, compromised immune system, memory loss, and type 2 diabetes. Other than diabetes, I experienced almost all of these symptoms when I was getting less than six hours of sleep on a regular basis. So now I'm committed to sleeping at least seven hours a night. And I will tell you, if I had my way, I'm telling you, I swear, I'm like a toddler. I could sleep 14 hours a night (laughs) every night and be like the happiest camper. But I've noticed when I consistently prioritize seven hours, eight hours is more ideal for me, but seven hours is more doable. I notice I have more consistent energy and focus through the day and I am less foggy headed. So In order to get seven hours a night, I want you to pause and think, what do your daily rhythms look like? What do your sleep patterns look like? And what I had to do was literally look at my week schedule and think, all right, what is it going to take for me to get that sleep? When, what, when does that mean I need to be asleep, like REM sleep? When does that mean I need to wake up and really also giving my space? All right. If that means I need to be asleep at 11, then I need to be winding down at 10. So not out until 1045, at home scrolling on my Instagram feed, lights off at 11. It's like I need to start winding down probably like an hour, hour and a half earlier than that reduce my screen time because the blue light on our iPhones, on our computers, it signals to our brain that it is daytime and it's time to be awake. And so it decreases the natural melatonin that's released in our bodies. And so it impacts our sleep. So really think about that as you are planning those seven hours of sleep are, how am I interacting with my phone? How I'm interacting with TV, Netflix, all the things before I go to bed. And I want you to imagine what it would look like for you to prioritize sleep in your life. Next, this is like number two and also a continuation of the sleep is be mindful of your alcohol and caffeine consumption. I'm not going to sit here and tell you stop drinking alcohol, stop drinking caffeine, cold turkey, but I would say pause and think about your relationship with both alcohol and caffeine. Do you experience stress, anxiety on a regular basis? I am telling you, I've been to so many doctors. One of the first things they will tell you to do in stress management is to decrease alcohol and caffeine consumption. So try cutting back on those two things and you will be mystified and shocked at how much it impacts and decreases the symptoms of stress, lack of sleep. Like you will be a changed person. About six months ago, I stopped drinking alcohol and caffeine and I 
don't really talk about this publicly um, or I haven't really talked about it publicly yet, just because I feel really passionate about moving through my transformation and personal growth in real time with my community and inner circle, as opposed to making everything a teaching moment in real time. Like, that's what we want to do. Again, millennials, instant gratification. Oh, God gave me a word. Oh, I stopped drinking. The whole world needs to know. No, I feel that I need to live my experience and live my growth and live my transformation. And then after a period of time, then share that with others. So I'll keep this part of the story really brief, but I have struggled with anxiety and am continue to move through healing. And last fall, I just felt like God was like, why don't you let go of both of these things for, for a little bit? And I felt totally resistant to it because I was like, I don't want to be legalistic about alcohol. I'm from the South. People are so weird about that. I think it's an incredible way to be social with friends and community here in the city and coffee. I'm not like a 10 cup a day person, but I love the rhythm of having a cup of coffee in the morning as I'm spending time with God and as I'm moving through those first few hours of the day. However, after, well, after I felt like God told me to do it and then I resisted it for a few weeks and I was researching it and realized, you know, the effects of alcohol are interesting on our body. Like at first it acts as a depressant. Like it's like you hear people say, oh, I just want to take that edge off. Or I like that feeling of being buzzed. Like, you know, just it calms me a little bit. So it first acts as a depressant to our system. So if we think of our system at just like a normal baseline, what that does is it takes us to a valley, right? but also largely due to sugar and the way our body processes alcohol. Hours later, what happens is it spikes our system. So we go from a valley to a peak, a mountain peak. So that's that's why when you drink even just one or two glasses of wine or alcohol, you don't sleep as soundly. You wake up, usually wake up early. Your heart rate spikes. So not only have you valleyed your system, now it's at a peak and then you haven't slept well. So then you wake up tired and groggy and foggy and you're not feeling great. And you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through this day? I need some coffee. Then you have coffee and you spike your system again. And then because you're so tired and didn't sleep well, you crash again. And then you crash. And what do you do? I need more coffee, spike, crash, spike, crash. So all day long, you're in this like spike crash scenario when really what our bodies long for is to be at homeostasis or another word for that is peace. Our bodies long for stability. So think of it as like our body is trying to live at this like steady, river. I always think of Pocahontas just around the river bend, as opposed to this constant high peak and valley. Decreasing the amount of alcohol and caffeine in our systems, especially if sleep is an issue for you, if um, focus, foggy headedness is an issue for you, and definitely if stress and anxiety is a constant companion or just in your life, 
I would really strongly suggest being mindful of your alcohol consumption. The last thing I will say here is I did some research and the American Academy of Sleep Medicine recommends avoiding caffeine at least six hours before you go to bed because while the effects of caffeine reach peak levels within 30 to 60 minutes, effects typically last up to hours. And for some people, even up to several days after consuming. So for me, when I felt like God was like, let go of caffeine, I was like, God, don't be dramatic. I literally have one cup of coffee in the morning a day. You should see everyone around me, God. They're having like 10 cups a day. But that one cup of coffee a day was impacting my system so, so much. And I've seen a dramatic shift in my sleep and stress levels in cutting back on both. Number three, quiet time. All right. I was in a really bad habit of checking email and social media even before I got out of bed. Like I'd blink my eyes open and, you know, those first few breaths of being awake, at least one of the first thought that always comes to my mind is, oh my gosh, I could sleep for three more hours. I just want to snuggle in my bed all day long. But then after those initial few breaths, I would go straight to grab my phone, scroll through a social media, check my email before I even got out of bed. So immediately what this does is you get this jolt of adrenaline and cortisol pumping through your veins. It's like, you have things to do. Ah, ah, go, 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 go. And that immediately starts your day off with that like adrenaline push. And so now you have begun your day before your feet are on the ground with this slow pulse of stress and anxiety going through your days. Now, I do not check emails or social media before 9 a.m. I really, really try and practice giving myself an hour and a half to wake up and get connected to myself, get connected to God, have a good meal before I start my day. Now, an hour and a half is a long time, right? So that means going back to if I want seven hours of sleep and let's say I want to start working at 9 a.m., I get to really be mindful of all of that if I want that 90 minutes. So the first thing I do is since I'm not drinking coffee, I have um, hot water with lemon and a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. I will tell you it is not as good as coffee. It's not even near good as coffee. Uh, It's been six months and I'm still like, (laughs) I miss coffee, but it's really good. It's detoxifying for your liver just really good for you. So I do that and I sit and snuggle in the corner of my couch with my journal, Bible, a book or devotional. And I use that time to pray, sit in silence, read, journal. So instead of starting my day, like with this adrenaline push, I now begin with a space of being at rest and at peace. So if you're new to this or that just sounds totally crazy to you, you're like, you don't know who my boss is. I'm telling you, Boundaries 101, we teach people how to treat us. So what would it look like for you to prioritize? Maybe you can't be like, I can't not answer an email before 9 a.m. But what would it look like for you to give yourself a good 30 minutes to an hour before going to your phone, scrolling through, checking the news. I just wonder what sort of difference it would make in your life if you went to quietness, solitude, God, before the busyness of your day unfolded. Number four, 
Meal prep. Okay, this is one of my favorite, not favorite things to do because it takes time. Oh my gosh. But doing meal prep and having snacks on hand has literally changed my life. All right, so before I'd find myself running from one thing to the next, I'd blink and realize it was 3 p.m. and that I hadn't eaten since breakfast. I'd have no plan and would be in this like desperate place, you know, when you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm starving. I just need something now. So your body is just, your body is like in like crisis mode, essentially. It's like, we need food. So I would just go grab something quick, which meant I was usually spending more money than I wanted to spend. And it usually meant that I would get something that tasted good, but wasn't feeding my body the nutrients that it needed. What I do now is I look at my week ahead, I figure out where I'll be during my days, then I'll spend a few hours cooking on a Sunday afternoon or Monday night and make to-go lunches for myself for the week. Now, friend, I am no chef, no Martha Stewart. Trust me, I make things simple and easy, but having meals ready that I can grab and take with me helps prevent me from having headaches, making less healthy choices, and maybe the worst symptom of all being hangry. Oh my gosh. One thing that I learned about my body in this time of healing from adrenal fatigue and autoimmune issues is that I have low blood sugar. So when you have low blood sugar, when you don't eat every few hours or have some sort of protein, your body literally is crashing. So I would always joke, oh my gosh, I'm hungry. I need to eat right now. I can't think. But really my body needed food or some sort of sustenance every three hours. And I think, especially for women, this is super important. I've done a little bit of research on it and men can go a little bit longer without having food, but women are the way our bodies are formed is we need this progression of food and sustainability throughout our days. So I joke that I always have like a diaper bag for myself, even though I don't have children. So I always have bags or snacks with me. So I'll get raw almonds. Our X bars are really good maybe some apples, just throw them in my bag. And you can even get these like individually packet almond butter if you want. Those are super yummy. Um, That way, if I get in a bad spot and need something, I have options that are healthy and fueling my body. So this has not only allowed me to save money, but it's also allowed me to be more healthy. So you could say that self-care is making you money because it's saving you money. So I don't know, just going to put that out there to you. Number five, I think this is one of the most important things and it was one of the most difficult things for me to implement and I still have to check myself on it is rest, like actual rest, not like those days where it's like pretend rest and you're like running around picking up dry cleaning and doing errands and cleaning your floorboards doing laundry. Those are personal errands that need to be done, but that is not rest. And so for me, I would hide behind like activity on days of rest. And then Monday would roll around and I would be like, wow, I feel more exhausted than when the weekend started. So the first thing I had to do was let go of this idea of FOMO, fear of missing out, y'all. That is not serving any of us. Like there's no such thing as fear of missing out. Like we get to choose to be present and we get to choose to love ourselves well so that we can then in turn love others well. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, love your neighbor as yourself. 
Now we stop at love your neighbor, but we forget I can really only love my neighbor if I love myself. It says love your neighbor as yourself. So if I am not loving myself and taking care of myself, I am actually unable to love others. This is why on airplanes, the stewardesses say, before you put an oxygen mask on the person next to you, even your child, put the oxygen mask on yourself first because they understand you will be of help to no one if you don't have oxygen, if you can't breathe. So my invitation to you is to really prioritize rest. Now, after letting go of that idea of FOMO, second was to trust that creating space in my life to rest was setting me up for success to be more present throughout the rest of my week. So like other things in my life, scheduling, all right, when do I I need to go to sleep. All right, when and how can I do this meal prep? What time do I have to go to bed? If I do want 90 minutes in the morning to really wake up and have time with God, time with myself, time to get ready, this takes thought, intention, strategy. But isn't that true for everything in our lives? We prioritize the things that matter to us. We create space for the things that we value. So look at your calendar for the week and block off. For me, I'd really try to do one full day of rest every single week where it's like no emails, no social media. Sometimes I am a little flex on that, but I will literally schedule at least one night a week where I am in my home with no plans, where I can just chill, have a chill night to myself. And I find when I plan ahead for that and treat it like it's a meeting with myself or a date with myself, I keep the date and literally act like, all right, I have a business meeting and I I can't cancel this meeting. So what's going to happen is you're going to schedule this night in and then like 10 parties are going to come up or something that you're like, this is super important. And I wonder what it would look like for you to say, even as amazing as that sounds, I am really prioritizing loving myself well and caring for myself so that I can be present and active and serving and outward focused in my day-to-day life. It's fun to have something to look forward to. And I, I'm i like, yes, like Thursday night is my night in. Like I'm going to watch that new Netflix show or I'm going to get in my sauna in a box, which if you don't know about my new sauna in a box, I Instagram story about it all the time. So what would it look like for you to create a rhythm of rest in your life? It might take some forethought, planning and intentionality and time to implement. But I will tell you that We need to rest. Even when we see the creation story, like God created in six days and then the seventh day, he said rest, like not because God needed rest, but because he understood that like we are humans, we are finite, we need to rest. And even when we're working out or at the gym, our body needs to rest so that we can get stronger. Like that's what happens when we rest. So I think at least for me, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm a robot or I treated myself like I was a robot or even like, oh, I'm God, like I'm above rest. But clearly that did not serve me and it's not serving you either. Let's recap these five ways to really get back to the basics of self-care that cost you nothing. And I would maybe even argue would even make you a little bit of money because you are being more thoughtful about your time, which causes you to be more thoughtful about your money. Okay, so here we go. Number one, sleep. 
seven hours a night at least. Look at your schedule and see how you can create that win for yourself so that you can have more energy and focus and rest throughout your day. Number two, create space in the morning for yourself to um, be filled with peace and rest, whether that's meditation, devotion, reading, journaling, or just sitting and staring at the wall for 30 minutes before you get started, but avoid checking email, social media for at least an hour before waking up in the morning. Number three, being mindful of your alcohol and caffeine consumption because our body wants to be at homeostasis and peace, like a steady flowing river. And when we are in that rhythm of constant caffeine and balancing that out with alcohol, our body is in this constant mountain valley scenario and it is creating stress, poor sleep, anxiety amidst a slew of other symptoms. Number four, meal prep. I know it takes time. It takes intention. It takes strategy. But I will tell you, I love making a good protein ball. It's just a ton of veggies, maybe some ground turkey, some rice, throw it in a bowl and make those to-go lunches for yourself for Monday through Friday to really set yourself up for success. Have a snack pack with you to avoid those moments of low blood sugar or crisis when you're like, ah, like I need something, but there is nothing around here. And lastly, rest. We create space in our lives for the things that matter to us. And friend, you are not the energizer bunny. You are not a robot. You need rest. When we sleep and we rest is when our body gains strength and processes all that we're moving and growing through. So in order to move through your life with intention and with effectiveness and productivity, we actually need rest. So it sounds counterintuitive but it really is so, so true. So I hope that this has been something that is beneficial to you, that even if you can just take one nugget out and practice implementing it into your life, um, I that would just make me so happy if you could be just a little bit more at rest and peace in your daily life. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. If you're like, I think this is a ton of BS, cat. What in the world are you talking about? Seven hours of sleep at night. You don't know my schedule. Or if you're like, oh my gosh, this was so transformative for me, whichever it was, Join us over on the Refined Woman Instagram. Screenshot this episode, put it on IG stories, tag at the Refined Woman and at the Refined Collective. Share your thoughts and I would love to respond to you personally and create a dialogue with you. All right, have an incredible day and I cannot wait to connect with you more next week. Goodbye. I want to tell you about something I am so excited and passionate about. So for my single ladies, this one is for you. I just want to say I get it. Dating in today's culture can be a struggle fest. Do you ever feel like you're going to end up being a crazy cat lady watching Bachelor reruns, eating pirate booty all by yourself? I get it, girl. Let's face it. Dating can feel confusing, frustrating, isolating, and like a desert wasteland, but it doesn't have to be. I created a free resource guide just for you to support you in getting out there this year. It's called Six Tips to Activating Your Dating Life with Intention and Clarity. I truly believe that whether you've never been kissed or your last date was 20 minutes ago, this guide can support you in shaking things up and putting yourself out there in honoring and, might I also say, fun ways. 
These are the exact things I have implemented into my dating life over the last few years that have empowered me, given me clarity, and propelled me into getting from my couch onto an actual date. So hold up. If you're married or already in a relationship, don't tune me out. I know you have some girlfriends in your life that would benefit from this. So whether you are married or you are a single girl ready to put yourself out there, go to bit.ly slash TRW dating. That's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-R-W stands for the refined woman dating. This is where you can grab your free guide, six tips to activate your dating life now. So ladies, let's get out there, shake things up and have fun. I am with you on the journey. Thank you so much for listening to the Refined Collective Podcast. Thank you for listening to my thoughts and being a part of this community. So I want to ask you if you are someone who really enjoyed this and you're enjoying listening to the podcast. First of all, welcome. Like, I'm so glad you're here. And second, I want to invite you to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can either go on your phone and open your purple podcast app and click subscribe subscribe, or you can go on your computer at home, open up iTunes, search the Refined Collective podcast, subscribe there. And I would love also to ask you to leave us a rating and review. This helps us so much in getting the word out there about our podcast and really getting it to where other people can see what we're up to. So when you do that, go ahead and take a screenshot of it, put on Instagram stories, tag the refined woman, and I will respond to you personally and would love to just chat with you and see what you want to hear about on other podcast episodes. So thank you for being a part of this community. 